Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Acts chapter 14, verse 22 says, That through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of God, and what is it to enter into it? This is a much misunderstood topic among peoples of all faiths, but it's the main subject of much of the Apostles' teaching in the book of Acts. And it will also be our focus on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and based upon the ministry of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee. We have recorded portions today from Witness Lee's 1984 Life Study of Acts. And on the program with us also, Dick Taylor, as we jump more into this remarkable book of Acts. Dick, Uh, Francis Ball and I were remarking the other day that this is like a whole new book being opened up to us in this life study. Is this your experience as well? This really is. And as we go through this uh, chapter by chapter, life study by life study, I see more each time. Dick, the book of Acts opens with reference to the kingdom of God, and we come back to it again today in chapter 14 in Paul's address. Let's talk about the topic general for a moment before we get into our program specific. The kingdom of God. What are we referring to here? What is the apostle getting at? The general concept, Chris, is usually a material and physical realm in which God rules over his people. That is really not correct. According to the revelation of the word, it is not really so correct. Rather, the kingdom of God is so precious, so sweet, and I believe as you're listening to this broadcast, your heart will be set on fire to realize what the kingdom of God really is. I have a couple of verses that I was thinking of, Chris. One was Colossians 1.13, and Paul there is in the midst of giving thanks to the Father uh, who qualified him for a share of the portion of the saints in the light, and he says, thank you. Father, for delivering us out of the authority of Satan and transferring us into the kingdom of the Son. Now listen to this, the Son of his love. Usually when we think of kingdom, we think of something outward. We just think of God ruling something harsh. Well, really, especially related to us believers, we must realize the kingdom is just the Son of God's love. And this kingdom is so sweet. Another uh, verse I was thinking of is um, Revelation 22.1 where it says, He showed me a river of water of life proceeding out of the throne of God and of the Lamb. Well, this is a sweet verse. Yet right in the midst of this verse is the throne. Throne brings us to the kingdom. This brings us to God's ruling. How does he rule? He rules by dispensing himself to man as the river of water of life, 
Can you believe when you drink that water, which is Christ as the Spirit, that's actually throne water. You receive and enjoy the kingdom of God. God is able to rule in us, and his desire is to rule in us as the divine life and to bring us into the realm of the divine life in which he rules over us in a way of life. This is much superior and far from this concept of the kingdom just being a material, physical realm in which God rules over his people. That old concept is just kind of uh, he is he and we is we. But this concept shows us, according to the word and the revelation of the word that we've been brought to through this ministry, shows us the kingdom of God is of love. The kingdom of God is of the divine life. Isn't that precious? I love this kingdom that's so sweet, full of his love and full of his life. It's all together in the realm of life. In fact, what are we having today? Life study. The more we enjoy this life, the more we participate and enjoy the kingdom of God. Marvelous, Dick. This is uh, super, much above that old concept. We need to be more and more brought into not only the concept, but the experience and the reality of the kingdom in this way. This is really God's intent for all of his children. Amen. So, Lord, thy kingdom come. Dick, let's join Witness Lee with the first portion of our life study today. The apostles establishing the disciples and appointing elders to every church on the way back to Perga. They returned to Lystra, number one, and to Iconium, number two, and to Antioch. This is another Antioch, Antioch in Pisidia, not Antioch on um, Palestine. Three cities, Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, establishing the souls of the disciples. The strange thing here is that the apostles didn't establish the spirits of the disciples. They established the souls of the disciples, and treating them to continue in the faith, and seeing that through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. Here, Paul's concern is not for the spirits of the disciples, but the souls. Man's soul is composed of man's mind, emotion, and will. To establish the souls of disciples is to establish these three organs of our being, to establish their mind, emotion, and will, then entreating them to continue in the faith. In these words, you have three crucial words, souls, faith, and the kingdom. You still remember? In chapter 13, they entreated the disciples to continue in the grace. But here, they entreated the disciples to continue in the faith. To continue in the grace is not so hard, so deep, as to continue in the faith. What is the faith? No doubt, this is the objective faith, not the subjective faith. What is the objective faith? This is much deeper than to continue in the grace. 
To continue in the grace is just to enjoy the triune God. But to continue in the faith, it needs not only to exercise your spirit to enjoy the triune God, but also you need to exercise your mind, to exercise your soul, to learn, to study, to know the New Testament revelation. The entire revelation of the New Testament is the objective faith. So here is a kind of improvement in the apostles' entreatment. Firstly, they entreated the believers in chapter 13 to continue in the enjoyment of the triune God as grace. Now, in this chapter, they entreated disciples to continue, what? To continue in the faith. Very strange. It's too deep and too profound. But don't forget, these believers, they became believers less than one year. Right after they got saved, the apostles entreated to keep themselves in the enjoyment of the triumph God in chapter 13. They got saved and they stayed in the grace for some time. In that period of time, according to all the hints and indications, they've learned quite much of God's New Testament economy, which became the very knowledge of uh, the faith they have picked up. And this indicates some improvement on the believer side. So the apostle, based upon this, entreated them to continue in the faith, not only in the grace. Well, Dick, we have another marvelous insight from this ministry in these verses. In Acts chapter 13, we heard Paul addressing these new believers and encouraging them to continue in the grace of God. Now he returns to them sometime later, probably less than a year, and he tells them not just to continue in the grace, but to continue in the faith. What does this additional word signify? This verse that you mentioned, Chris, is very good. In 1422, it says, establishing the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith. These two phrases really go together, establishing the souls and continuing in the faith. To establish the souls of the believers is to establish them in their mind, that they may know and understand the Lord and the things concerning him, and in their motion that they may love the Lord and have a heart for the Lord's interest, and in their will that they may be strong to remain with the Lord and do the things that please the Lord. This is to be established in the soul. In chapter 13, the word Paul gave them was continue in the grace of God. Continue in the grace of God. This was given to them as new converts immediately after they were saved to stay in the enjoyment of the triune God. So they no doubt continued in the grace of God for some time because they must have learned quite a bit about God's New Testament economy during that time. And what they learned became for them the knowledge of the faith. Based upon this, then the apostles entreated them continue in the faith. His desire in charging them to continue in the faith was to continue in the 
entire New Testament revelation concerning God's New Testament economy. And God's New Testament economy is simply his plan to gain an expression of himself in his people by dispensing himself as life and everything into them so that the two become so one that God is expressed in and through this humanity. And the center of this entire plan is Jesus Christ himself with all of his work. So let's continue in the grace of God. On the other hand, we need to go on. This is a little more difficult. Continue in the faith. That's why he established them in the soul. Yeah, this is really interesting, Dick. The Apostle Paul, of course, under the inspiration of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, would meet the situation of these young saints he was talking to at the beginning of their Christian life, the charge to continue in the grace. And this is the word we all need to hear as tender babes and and new believers in Christ. We need to be in that enjoyment of that grace. Yeah, continue in the grace. But then he comes back uh, in this second visit. And now takes them another step. That's true. As first establishing their souls, Amen. giving some permanence and in, in a solid foundation, and then charging them now continue in the faith. That's exactly correct. Step one, step two. That's a marvelous sequence. Dick, let's go back to more of Witness Lee. Then he goes on to say that through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. Most of the teachers in the past understand the kingdom of God as just a ruling sphere for God to be the king, to rule over the people. This is too shallow, too superficial, and too natural. Now, let's come back to this verse. Paul entreated the believers who are continuing in the faith to realize that they must enter into the kingdom of God through many tribulations. According to his charge, these disciples were very good. They were doing quite well. They were not only continuing in the grace of God, but also in the faith. In 1 Timothy chapter 3, concerning the deacons, Paul charged Timothy, if you are going to be a deacon in the church, you must hold the mystery of the faith. And here, all the disciples were charged by Paul to continue in the faith. So these ones who are under the charge became quite learned of the divine things. These ones, in the meantime, also were charged to enter into the kingdom of God through many tribulations. What was the thought of Paul in such a charge? In the Gospels, in Mark study, in Luke's study, the kingdom of God, <laughs> actually speaking, is a person. The kingdom of God should not be physical. Even the Lord Jesus told the Pharisees in Luke 17, you shouldn't say the kingdom is here, the kingdom is there, because the kingdom is altogether invisible. There in Luke 17, the kingdom of God is just Jesus Christ himself. 
He is the kingdom. In the Gospels, the Lord Jesus, as the person, was the seed of the kingdom. He sowed himself as the seed of the kingdom. And then the development of this seed as the kingdom is in the Acts. And the continuation of the development is in all the epistles. And the consummation, that is the harvest, is in Revelation. So, based upon this, you could see the kingdom in the Lord's mind and in Paul's mind was something spiritual, something divine, even something personal. The kingdom is Christ the person as the seed sown into his chosen people's heart. Our heart is the soil for the seed to grow for development. This seed was sown in the four Gospels and it begins to develop in the Acts and it continues to develop in the Epistles, then it harvests in the book of Revelation. This is the proper definition of the kingdom. Dick, let's look again at the verses that we're focusing on today, Acts 14, 21 and 22. And when they had announced the gospel to that city and had made a considerable number of disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, establishing the souls of the disciples, exhorting them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations we must enter into the kingdom of God. Dick, this is a strong word by Paul to these young believers, and we've been talking about it, uh, concerning the kingdom of God. And as you mentioned in the introduction, oftentimes we may think or people think of the kingdom as this sphere or realm in which God can rule. But really, is this the kingdom that the Apostle Paul was pointing these young believers to? No, that's not the kingdom he was pointing them to. I was thinking of another verse, Chris, Romans fourteen seventeen, and our brother touches this in this message, and that is, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And righteousness, peace, joy are all just items of Christ. And the Holy Spirit, who is the Holy Spirit? He's just Christ. The Lord today is the Spirit. The Spirit and Christ are just one. So again, this verse indicates the kingdom of God, the kingdom is just Christ. It's a wonderful person, not merely a material and physical realm where God's ruling over his people. And another verse uh, is Luke 17, 20, and 21. And I'd like to read these two verses. And when he was questioned by the Pharisees as to when the kingdom of God was coming, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, Behold, it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. That last phrase, behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. He was referring to himself. The kingdom of God is just Christ himself. These two verses prove the kingdom of God is the Savior himself. Wherever the Savior is, there the kingdom of God is. The kingdom of God is with him, and he brings it to his disciples. He's the seed of the kingdom of God to be sown into his chosen people, 
to develop into God's ruling realm. Isn't this precious? God's ruling realm is not just an outward thing, but a realm of life. He sows himself into us as the divine life and brings us into the realm of life. This is the proper realm. Hallelujah for the kingdom. Hallelujah for the kingdom, Dick. Let's go back to Witness Lee's final portion. What is to enter into the kingdom? That is to enter into the full enjoyment of Christ as the kingdom. Today, very few Christians do understand what is to enjoy Christ as the kingdom. The entire universe is opposing God's people to enter into the full enjoyment of Christ as the kingdom. Judaism, Muslim, Catholicism, Protestantism, all kinds of entities, all have been usurped by the enemy to frustrate God's people from entering into the full enjoyment of this all-inclusive Christ as the kingdom of God. At the beginning, in verse 3 of chapter 1, in those 40 days, the Lord Jesus taught the disciples concerning the full enjoyment of himself as the kingdom of God. Peter, under the Pentecost, surely entered into the full enjoyment of the resurrected and ascended Christ as a realm. In Acts chapter 2, while Peter and the other 11 were preaching there, that was a picture of the kingdom of God. Peter, John, and all the other 120. Those 120 entered into such a realm. What realm? A realm of the full enjoyment of the resurrected and ascended Christ. And that realm was the kingdom of God. Then how about these disciples in chapter 14, whom Paul was entreating? How about them? Do you believe they all have entered into that realm? They might be just on the way. So, the apostle charged them, you must enter. You must enter into that realm, the realm of the full enjoyment of the resurrected and ascended Christ, whom I have prayed to you as the holy and faithful things, as the grace, as eternal life, even as life-giving spirit, so all-inclusive. The full enjoyment of this grace, of this eternal life, of this life-giving, all-inclusive spirit, the full enjoyment of this is God's kingdom. You haven't entered in yet. You are on the way. So you must enter in. Through many tribulations, you must get yourself prepared. You must expect that a lot what opposition will rise up. A lot of tribulations will occur to you. But you have to endeavor to get through all the tribulations 
that you may enter into the realm of the full enjoyment of the ascended Christ as the kingdom of God to you. There, enter and wait the enjoyment of such a Christ, you will be fully under God's divine ruling realm. Then you will become the kingdom of God that is the proper church. Dick, the kingdom of God has been presented by Witness Lee as just the fresh, living, and joyful experience of Christ himself. Two things struck me here today. Uh, one, it's often religion that will frustrate this enjoyment. And two, it's frequently the persecution and the tribulation that we experience after believing in him that help usher us into this enjoyment. What are your thoughts on these two points? Right away, my first thought is Jesus himself. I, I tell you, you could write a, a, a caption over the New Testament, Christ versus religion. And what's religion? Let's remind everybody it is just the worship of God without the enjoyment of Christ. But Jesus came, the existing religion opposed him to the uttermost, even to the point of the cross. And then when you can see, uh, you also see the, the early believers in Acts, chapters 3, 4, 5, they were opposed mainly by religion because religion at that time, Judaism, was absolutely against the resurrected and ascended Christ. They didn't believe in him. But the believers, the more they were opposed and the more they were persecuted, the more they were full of enjoyment. The Lord himself, even when he was rejected in the Gospels, even at the height of his rejection in uh, Matthew 12, he said, Father, I extol you. You've hidden these things from the wise and the prudent. You've revealed them to the infants. Isn't this wonderful? So his joy increased. On one hand, it was religion that persecuted and attacked him. On the other hand, his enjoyment of the kingdom increased through the attack. And the same thing happened to the disciples. They were persecuted, and then it said their joy just went up further. <laughs> that means they entered more into this wonderful realm of the kingdom of God. They enjoyed Christ more than ever as their life and their everything. So this is a fresh, living, and joyful experience of Christ himself. This is the kingdom of God. Let's go for it. Let's enjoy this one as the reality of the kingdom. Dick, that's the message, I think, clear, direct, and relatively simple, despite the enormity of the topic of the kingdom of God, the enjoyment and experience of Christ himself. If we come away with nothing else, I think we got enough today, Dick. Amen. Well, we are out of time. Just enough to remind you that the printed Life Study message that we've been covering today on this broadcast is included in Volume 3 of the Life Study of Acts altogether, a four-volume set that encompasses the entire book. Uh, about 16 messages in Volume 3, and this volume is available to you, as are the other three. Call our toll-free number, and that is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 543-3788. Or when you write to us at Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or when you send your email to radio at lsm.org. Today, for Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee. 
Brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, publisher and distributor of the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. If you'd like to contact us, just email radio at lsm.org or call us toll free at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.